My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with this is your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? gentlemen welcome to the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast i'm your host mark palmer and today on the show we have a fantastic guest an unprecedented level of knowledge santos Bonacci, and he came to teach us about syncretism his family does not think he's crazy he is a great representative of the truth but stay tuned to the end hear it all we got into led zeppelin favorite band of mine so be sure to go to syncretismsociety.com that's the place to find santos these days he said he's got 22 new presentations on the way and i'm excited can't wait to sign up myself syncretismsociety.com folks join up and support the knowledge days of Led Zeppelin and, and those guys, they, they would play from more organic place and the music was natural and it wasn't weaponized. It was just beautiful, it sounded great, it was raw and it was pure. The Freemasons and the Jesuits got smart. They realized that they needed to, you know, get more influence on the little children. So they now have music that is so limiting in its beauty in every area, in every 
way that you could classify music. They've reduced music to its most common basic denominator. How they did that with Shakespearean lyrics and just such beautiful alchemy. I've done their astrology and uh, their astrology is just uh, perfect. It's a Horace and Chet uh, set show. The rubber plant is Leo, ruled by the sun, Horace, and Jimmy is black and black hair, and he is Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, which is black. So it's count the two front men of Led Zeppelin's, it's Horace and Seth. The lion, Leo, the sun, golden maned, and then you've got the black and the dark Saturn. So it's just incredible how how they did that, how anyone could make alchemy with, with such different, different areas of music. Being this Celtic, Tolkien-esque, Mississippi Delta alchemy together and make, you know, just transform it into something else. So this is what uh, real music used to be like. Those guys, they had full artistic freedom. They did not let the prostitute corporate uh, record deals manipulate them. And that's what happened with the Beatles. That's why the Beatles broke up. They just, and Prince and, and Michael Jackson went to sour on Sony um, because they were not able to express themselves as they wished. The mental projection. And so the code is all mathematical the universe is made on numbers and the simulation is that it's temporal it's fleeting uh, it's not it's transient it's it's not stable anything that is stable is considered to be real so something that is unstable changing all the elements of the earth are changing you stand with your arms horizontal and your feet together you are in the shape of a T because that's your tomb, the cross that you must bear. It's an anatomy. Mm. The earth gives you that strength because the earth is returning energy back to the sun. As the ether and the sun going around over the earth, they are they are radiating, it's radiating. And gravitation, not gravity, is what the earth is doing. The earth is actually drawing that energy in but returning it. The return energy is way weaker than the receptive energy. But as it returns that energy, it supplies the body with that, that energy, that, that, those volts, that vitality, because now you've got a, a loop. Your, your body is actually, astrologically, electromagnetically, it is a battery. On the top here of the body have Aries, which is fire, masculine, which connects with the air. Your head is in the air, the mental realm, right? So that is air. So you've got air and fire, right? Then your feet are Pisces, which is water, and they touch the ground. That's earth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer, and with me today is a legend. He's a musician. 
a longtime researcher and an expert on the topic of syncretism. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've been researching many things and I've always wondered, you know, how do these all piece together, these separate ideologies, fates? What's the through line that connects all the dots? And hopefully we can get into that today. Santos, how are you, my man? Welcome to the show. Very well. Very well. Thank you, brother. Yourself? Excellent. It's late over here on the East Coast, but it's a pleasure having you, man. You're in Mexico, the land of, of all sorts of magic. One of the, the books that I read when I was really young was the teachings of Don Juan, the Yaqui way. And it's always imprinted on me. Is that, you know, the mysticism and the ancient history of Mexico, did that play a part in going down there? Is that part of why you're there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. The ancient cultures, the ancient calendars, all of this great stuff that Mexico's produced. It's the land of chocolate. It's the land of avocados and tomatoes and chilies and all kinds of exotic foods. It's a land of great culture. Everything is still how it was before the Europeans came, really. So most of the old cities still have ancient, ancient Tartarian buildings that are exquisite here in Mexico. Fantastic. That's something that I've been more and more interested in over the past couple of years. It seems to have emerged out of seemingly nowhere. What are your thoughts on this whole new group of researchers that seem to be digging up this information about old buildings? Is this something you've been looking at for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since the beginning, when, when it first came out, uh, I researched everything. It's struck a chord with me because I've always been a lover of ancient buildings mm. and I've never known why I've never known exactly the reason why I'm enchanted when I go to Sydney or Melbourne and the buildings would talk to me, they captivate me. Uh, now that I know that they've been there for thousands and thousands of years, I now you know, understand why I had this great love for Melbourne and its old buildings, etc. Right. So for the, the novice myself and, and those out there, what are some features that we can look for when we're examining these buildings? I'm up here in New England. There's Tartarian buildings allegedly up here in the Midwest, you know, down there in Mexico, Australia. What are some of the key features that we can look for when we're re-examining these buildings in our own backyard? Well, you just, just have, to, have to look for the glory and magnificence and majesty of the buildings. Yeah. The buildings were made to be majestic. They were made to look aesthetically symmetrical and balanced, beautiful and magnetic and toroidal. They were made to uh, mirror the heavens. They were made to receive energy and be capacitors and resistors and transformers and transducers and anodes and cathodes, etc. So that's why we call cathedrals. Right. So there's plenty of evidence that today's are a great, great empire, whether you call it Tartaria or not, actually existed. Right. Right. And, and you're talking about these different components of this electrical universe. It's very clear that these buildings are tapped into some sort of energetic force. Does this play into your view on syncretism? 
Yes, that's exactly what um, I'm, I'm teaching. Yeah, Tartaria is the old empire, which was destroyed by the Jesuits. Right. Now, so the Jesuits destroyed it. They were the ones who, after Copernicus designed this false idol for globalism, then what happened was they convened immediately the Council of Trent. The Council of Trent lasted 20 years and basically they give you a, an historical reason why they convened the council, but the reason was because they were going to start an agenda and it's called globals. So that's why we're living in global lockdowns, global economy, global warming, global governance, and all of these things. Right. Right. And I've seen, you know, other researchers point out that it seems like they're doing these mass trauma rituals now on this global scale because of this global network that we're all connected in and the media, you know, and you're someone who bravely is, is going against the lies, going against the propaganda and bringing truth to this network of, of people. I think, you know, at first the internet was created to be like Skynet, you know, to overlord and look over us, but it seems to be inspiring and, and rescuing people out of the darkness more than ever. Would you agree with that? Yep, absolutely. This what's happening is it's backfiring on every effort that they make to now cover over their tracks of their past resets has actually exposed them. So with overreach, they've ruined it for themselves, really. So people are waking up and reacting. Right. Now, what are your thoughts on the spiritual implications of what's being done to people's, you know, bodies with these experimental vaccines and, you know, the, the lockdown in general, having the, the traumatic effect that we kind of alluded to earlier? Well, they are behind it, of course. They've been poisoning humanity through their pharmaceuticals, chemtrails, the food supply, GMO foods, everywhere they have managed to slip in hydrogel and graphene oxide, nanobots, and all kinds of uh, more gelin-like fibers and things to, for people to consume so that their bodies could become more like antennas and set them up for AI where, whereby they will be automatons, really obey the signals that come to them and they will be just like robots. So with the V, the V is designed to take the soul away from the individual. Rudolf Steiner said that a hundred years ago, he said, one day will come and they will use the V as an excuse or as a way to remove the soul of the individual. I'm wondering what we can do as human beings to raise our vibration in this time where they're trying so hard to lower our vibration. Yeah, well, we've got to be one step ahead of them. So I've always been proactive when it comes to preventative medicine and to look after my body, diet-wise, uh, exercise, etc. So we need to be grounded. Grounding is the most important of all things because grounding is how you cancel all of the EMF pollution. Right. So barefoot would be great, a good advice for a start for people who you know, do a lot of walking in the countryside or on a beach. Never, ever, 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 ever 
have your shoes on, you know, try to have your shoes off all the time because it's the only way you'll really, really be strengthening the immune system. Yeah. The earth gives you that strength because the earth is returning energy back to the sun. As the ether and the sun are going around over the earth, they are, they are radiate, it's radiating and Gravitation, not gravity, is what the earth is doing. The earth is actually drawing that energy in, but returning it. The return energy is way weaker than the receptive energy. But as it returns that energy, it supplies the body with that, that energy, that, that, those volts, that vitality, because now you've got a, a loop. Your, your body is actually astrologically, electromagnetically, it is a battery. On the top here of the body have Aries, which is fire, masculine, which connects with the air. Your head is in the air, the mental realm, right? So that is air. So you've got air and fire, right? Then your feet are Pisces, which is water, and they touch the ground. That's earth. So they're the most feminine. So your feet, Pisces water, need to touch the earth because that feminine contact. Once that, once you make that connection, you ground it, right? That's where all the energy comes from. In your body, when you sit on your spinal column, when you sit in a meditation position and you sit on your coccyx, that's the same thing. You're earthy there. And, and it's quicker, it's a quicker pulse of energy going up your spine when you meditate. And that's why they insist that you sit there with your straight, your spine straight and your coccyx touching the ground, grounding. I'm curious to know uh, a little further, you know, you, you have, you mentioned the Aries at the top of our head, the Pisces at the bottom, where are the other corresponding Zodiac points on the body? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so if you just if you just go to any site and punch in the zodiac, you'll see that it always they always start with Aries and end in Pisces, mm. the uh, the zodiac. So all you have to do is know the order and just go down your body. So Aries is the 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 rang, the cerebrang. Taurus is the bull, the cerebellum. So you have a cerebrang and the cerebellum. No. And then you have here, you have the two twins and the two lungs. That's Gemini. Cancer is the chest. Leo is the heart. That's why they say lion heart. Virgo is the belly in the digestive system. Kidneys are Libra, yin and yang, balancing. Scorpio is the generative system. Your hips come are Sagittarius and hips comes from hippo, which is horse. Mm -hmm. Your knees are Capricorn. And it rules the skeleton system, skeletal system as well. Your shins are Aquarius and the two fish are the two feet. So you can see clearly that this is a design. Your body is an astrological design. There's no mistake about it. Gemini turns up right there as a twin and as your twin marks. Right. This, this mirroring, this microcosm, macrocosm, you see it in the human body. You see it in animals and plants and you see it in architecture to bring it back to Tartaria. I mean, you know, the Solomon's temple that these cults are so fascinated with 
it, it was allegedly built into the proportions of a man. Uh, have you heard this before? So of course they all are. Look at cathedrals. They're all in the shape of a cross. Right. Well, well, when you stand with your arms horizontal and your feet together, you are in the shape of a T because that's your tomb, the cross that you must bear. It's an anatomy. Mm. And all is atom, Adam and Eve. It's funny how this language really reveals these truths when you have the, the lens to view them. I wonder what your thoughts on the origin of the English language and whether or not these hints and rhymes we see what, that reveal these larger meanings with syncretism, you know, you see within the English language, these words reveal a higher truth. No, that's just how waves work. Everything's a wave function. Everything works. Your body's a wave. Your, you make thought waves, you have motion waves. Your body's made of uh, billions, billions of light waves, and they are called atoms. That's all atoms are, they're just waves. They're pulses first, and then they are waves. So digitally, your body is pulsating. So scientists know this, there's, there's what you see, and then there's the invisible nothingness, the void. And this is happening so fast, at such high frequency, that only a machine can detect this and they have technology that can detect this. So in other words, there is science being conducted in between the pulse or the wave of your eye seeing what is physical because the whole universe is pulsating and it goes on and off so quickly that it just seems like to our eye, which can only see 20, uh, cycles a minute, uh, a second, it can't pick, it can't grasp that or capture that. So, but it is going on. And this is what the mystics knew. The mystics knew that this was how magic is practiced outside of the physical and in the transcendental. Right. These out of body experiences. We just had a, a gentleman on the show. Seb Bland, who goes out of body and has visited ascended masters, has visited underwater cities, you know, all in the fourth dimension. You mentioned graphene earlier, and I've yeah. heard graphene described as the world's first two-dimensional material. It's kind of curious how they're trying to get this stuff in our bodies, almost to anchor us in a lower dimension. You know, what are your thoughts on this, you know, 5D reality, this awakening that we're supposedly entering into, is this, uh, a part of the age of Aquarius and, and the upgrading of the human consciousness? Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, Aquarius is bringing a mental energy into the universe. Pisces was watery and emotional. So the dominant force was emotion for so many years. Now the dominant force will be mental. Right. So that means that we need knowledge. We're going to be looking for knowledge, science, technology as well, but only it will be, uh, technology, which runs on free energy. It doesn't need to have fuel sort as a source, which is uh, expensive. It will be free. And that's what they're going to be, um, dis discovering and, and, um, 
they're going to be uh, sharing with the world. Yeah. Tesla tech and the like. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. So let's go back a little bit. When did this journey begin for you, Santos? I mean, were you always a curious, you know, as a young boy, curious into these things Did it hit you later in life? When did you first get into this stuff? In 2007, that's when I woke up, I was uh, reading a, a book about the Rothschilds called The Synagogue of Satan. And that book led to another book, which led to another book, which led to another book. And so syncretism, basically, I woke in 2007. That's when I woke. And my, my YouTube channel, I began in 2011. Is there anything that stands out to this day that's, you know, biting at you, a mystery that's still yet to be solved when it comes to some of these ancient structures or clues here and there? It's basically just Tartaria, magnetism, and really working on the school, the academy that we've opened. So we have an academy. It's a neoplatonic geocentric academy, which is virtual. And we have a lot of instructors, which are teaching all fields of human knowledge on that, at that academy. I've always wanted to, that's, that's all I've ever wanted to do, to reopen the academies of learning. Mm. Justinian shut down the Neoplatonic academies, which were, were geocentric and astrologic and astrological and vegetarian. And then they, what they did was they proceeded with, uh, uh, the Aristotelian school, which was purely materialistic. Right. Oh, why, why are the Justinians against this true understanding? Why, why are they hiding it from us? What's their goal? Well, they've created a false idol, the globe. And so it's globalism, global lockdowns. They want one one power throne where they can dominate one ring to rule them all that's that's just the way their egregore wants it they have an egregore they have a demon and that demon just absolutely wants to be in control already yeah now is this demon written about it the demon baal comes to mind because it's globalism you know they're talking about the ball earth and they're talking about baseball and basketball and getting everybody so focused on these sports that ultimately take them away from a higher understanding of themselves and their connection with the creation creator yep it's that's baal is actually comes from the hyperbola which is the center of a torus field so the two most important characters in history, are the hyperbola and the torus field, and they reduce down to bull and tall. And this is why a lot of our English words ending bull and tall. So you've got creator, actor, doctor, act, um, uh, presenter, and then you, and also in words ending in T-E-R like, uh, minister, uh, so all these Taurus words, endings, and then you've got bull, able, capable, reliable, responsible, deplorable. These words I have proven and show they come from the hyperbola, which means to speak or to thrust. Uh, bull <clears throat> becomes bale, and it's basically a, an atom, a star, a point of 
source energy. And that's what atoms are. And you are an atom. You have an anatomy. And your source energy is in your heart. That's where the core of your apple body is. You have a spiritual apple body surrounding you. Right on. And it resonates. It seems like people universally recognize the same thing, but use different words to describe it. But, you know, Latin or English, you know, coming from Greek and Latin and all these other seeming sources has this, like I alluded to, hidden code. And you're one of the great thinkers who are helping to illuminate this in a time when, like you said, the Aquarian age, it's all about the mental aspect. And here we are, the global cabal, <laughs> to put that BAL in there again, you know, they're constantly working to manipulate what our minds are receiving on a daily basis through their media, through their programming, all these different ways that they've, uh, you know, with the internet and technology, the technosphere, as Jose Arguelles put it, you know, to disconnect us from our source, you know, and keep yeah. us in this really unfortunate loop, this bubble. I mean, I I'm wondering, you know, with this, the V as you called it, I like that term, you know, do you think they're ultimately trying to disconnect us from our higher selves with these, you know, graphene and such lowering our vibrational capacity? Yeah, absolutely. That's all they're doing. It's designed to make us like a robot, you know, an automaton, soulless, and just something that, you know, is obedient to the law of the master that programs. And it's just another high, higher and deeper way of programming individuals, really. Right. And you see it most with indigenous cultures, uh, the more recent attempts the empire has taken to, you know, coerce them into this programming and destroy their cultures, erase the, you know, 20,000 year history that they carried, the oral traditions. You know, I'm wondering, being, uh, you know, from Australia, if the Aboriginal Dreamtime magic had any effect on, you know, this awakening that you describe in 2007. And, you know, you talk about Sydney and Melbourne and, you know, how, how does landscape play into the energy for you? Well, all of it is designed in such a way that it is astrological. Every land has a different frequency, every land has a different sign ruling over it. And that's because of its position under the dung and simply just, that's how it is. It's, it's your body. The body's the same. The body has 12 cranial nerves. The body has 12 systems. It has 12 Chinese acupuncture meridian lines. It has, it's all about a 12-ness and each sign rules different system, one of the 12 systems. There are also 12 tissue salts that Schuessler discovered, which came as a result of studying the remains of cremated humans and animals. And he found that there were just 12 salts. And then a hundred years after that, George Carey came along and he, he worked out that each individual is deficient in three salts due to being born nine months along the ecliptic after just the sun traveling only nine months on the ecliptic. So he realized that each sign had three months of deficiencies. 
and he administered the salts that he equated to the each sign to the individuals and he got massive results just by using tissue salt tissue salts so the process with homeopathic uh, minerals is that they are nano particles you could call them um they are triturated so what you're getting is the finest finest most sublime part of that element it's alchemical and it's probably the, probably the best way to receive those minerals in your body like magnesium uh, phosphorus potassium sodium chloride etc so it's the same with uh, the earth and everything every plant every animal is ruled by a different sign every crystal because it's, it's all about frequencies it's an electromagnetic universe so that's why perhaps here i have an amber an amber sun so amber would probably resonate with aries or leo this okay. this looks to me sorry no yeah that's beautiful i love it yeah yeah so they all resonate and then i've got some other crystals here i'm not i'm not sure there's uh, three on that one but, but they will resonate if you know which stones these are you know you'll find that that they, they all are sending out a frequency subtle into your torus field and affecting it changing it manipulating it so i find that i always have something hanging around my neck i can feel interaction with that frequency and i use it as energy Beautiful. Yeah. I'm yeah. myself used to make wire wraps all the time. I think, you know, it was pivotal to me kind of understanding these concepts in a more subconscious way, you know, like the Akashic record, it, it, it's sort of seeps into you when you make yourself a vessel for this information. Would, would that be true to your experience as well? Exactly. Yes. That's what you're doing. You're actually generating little, uh, Tesla type standing waves and they pretty much nullify the um, ionized particles of radiation, ionized radiation. It's, it's not correct that it's ionizing radiation that hurts you. It's actually the square wave that it generates that is hurting you. That's what the pollution is, the electrical wave, which is generated by motors which devices which actually produce a lot of heat so that's why they're harmful they're, they're hot they're actually they can burn you I, I sometimes i feel burning on my face and i get itchy and i i believe that that's just certain days when they turn the frequencies up because they always play with them they don't always just have them down at a certain level sometimes they want more mind control and so they turn up the frequencies now, some people are sensitive to this, I am, and a lot of people get uh, itchy. So that's one of the side effects for me. Other people, it's different. You know, it might just uh, distort their way of thinking, make them make rash decisions or act upon their emotions or make them addictive in nature. You know, some people are overholic simply because of the frequencies. They, they you know, they're just trying to deal with the, the pressure of the so many frequencies going through so they turn to drugs and alcohol otherwise there'd be no if they weren't there there'd be no reason for people to have to want to have those things to escape you know these frequencies 
people are actually getting voice to skull messages, telling them to kill their mothers, telling them to commit suicide. People are getting messages even without hearing voices in their heads. They've actually got entities that are occupying their soul, especially people who had the V because that destroys your soul. Then occupation happens. And so you see people start acting in a way that is not um, in harmony with their true character. So this is why pets are not recognizing their masters when they return home from the J. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's very clear and evident when you look in the music industry, we've had folks like Jay Dyer and Chris Knowles who examine the music industry from this conspiratorial lens on the show. And, and, you know, with that in mind, what are your thoughts on the modern uh, state of music? And it's, I mean, from what I've heard and from other thinkers and researchers, it seems like they're weaponizing music and the frequency of music. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. That music now is weaponized. They, they're using a lot of spells in the recordings. They absolutely do rituals to teleport or transport entities in through the music. So they've designed it in such a way that they know they have the technology to do that. And so you see these people that go to these trance events, you know, where it's a dum, 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 and they're on all kinds of wild drugs and everything like that. Well, they think they're, you know, they're being enlightened. Everything's, you know, really uh, spiritual. What they're doing is they're, they're actually just opening themselves up to demon influences. And because demons love pleasure and vice, and usually there's drugs and alcohol and sex, well, then that's where the demons are. And that's why people like going to it because the demons get kicks out of it. The demons are actually occupying those people and those people don't realize it. I, I believe all of those events, I believe they're dangerous. I don't like, I've never, ever liked those musical events, you know, uh, unless it's, you know, it's uh, pure music and, you know, it's uh, designed to, to heal. The music of the seventies was completely different. You know, the days of Led Zeppelin and, and those guys, they, they would play from a more organic place and the music was natural. And it wasn't weaponized. It was just beautiful. It sounded great. It was raw and it was pure. Uh, so the Freemasons and the Jesuits got smart. They realized that they needed to, you know, get more influence on the little children. So they now have music that is so limiting in its beauty in every area, in every way that you could classify music, they've reduced music to its most common basic denominator. Now where, you know, you'll have a song that will just go dum, 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 and they'll have one lyric like, I like Coca-Cola, I like Coca-Cola. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's, that's the extent of their lyrics, you know, and, and the beat is anyone could just, just, you know, just do this on the piano and and the beach is and it's just mining on me it's it's just stupefying music there's nothing in it there's no soul you know you listen to led zeppelin and, and you just feel a presence of soul with 
you know, angels and archangels and seraphim and cherubim and, and, and all kinds of beautiful light beings, you know, because the music's so true. It's so natural. Right. Yeah. I feel it. I'm a big fan of Led Zeppelin, you know. That comes with some baggage though, you know, considering Jimmy Page's history, you look at a lot of these musicians who participated in, as you describe, organic music making. It's crazy how, you know, these organizations, whether it's the CIA, Jesuits, Freemasonry, you know, they're all in between the same realm. They're having an influence on these artists, you know, the 27 club and all of these unfortunate and untimely demises that came to these artists who were creating such beautiful music. You know, it's, it's really a shame, but what are your thoughts on Led Zeppelin and, and Jimmy Page and his whole, you know, fascination with Crowley? I don't see that as anything I never had. I've never, people have always since 45 years ago when I was a teenager and, and, and loved them equally as much as I do now, people have always tried to use the Alistair Crowley and the occult and all the bad things and the bad luck they had and the death in Page's mansion, John Bonham dying in 1980, Rob Plant's son Carrack dying at the age of five. So, I mean, I don't see that as anything that could incriminate him. Alistair Crowley was definitely a wise man. He was no saint, but essentially he just copied hermetic wisdom. That's all he was doing. Like John Dee and Francis Bacon and all the rest of them, they were just copies of hermetic wisdom and just used it for, you know, their purposes. As for Robert Plant, well, he, he grew up on Steiner. So Rudolf Steiner was my hero, uh, probably one of the world's greatest secretists. There's not many people that reach the level of that man, you know? So Robert Plant on the one hand and Bon and Bonzo were, um, Steiner guys. They went to a Steiner school. They were very enlightened. In fact, when Zeppelin, Zeppelin stopped touring, when, uh, Robert Plant's son died. He was going to be, um, he, he got offered a position to teach Steiner philosophy in Birmingham and Robert Plant historically was just about to make that decision when instead Jimmy called him and, and said, let's start touring again. So, you know, these guys were into spirituality, you know, Crowley is, I would say to people that is worth reading, uh, because a lot of wisdom and knowledge came channeled through that man, but uh, I wouldn't, you know, use him as an exemplary, exemplary individual at all. So, but does that incriminate one who loves, uh, uh loves Crowley? No, it doesn't, you know, um, Jimmy Page also likes Machiavelli and he said once that that would be the person that he would go back in history to, to, uh, shake hands with Machiavelli. So a lot of people think that Machiavelli, uh, has to do with evil and, and when you read the book, his, his work, you will see that there's nothing at all evil in it at all. If you understand where he's coming from. So I can't say the same for Crowley though, because I know that he was in with the elite in England and they did a lot of, you know, sacrificial stuff. So 
I, I don't think that should incriminate someone. You know, I've read books by people who uh, don't have uh, great reputations and I've read books from people who have great reputations. So, you know, that doesn't make me any, any different. It's just knowledge. You know, you read a bad book, you read a good book, you read a bad book, you read a good book. And all it does is just it adds to your knowledge base. If you're going to be influenced to do to do evil, that's not, you know, you can't blame a book. You can't blame an author. You can't blame an individual. You know, that's all your own doing, your own choices. Absolutely. I think you're making a, a very important point that there's value in all things. It, it's, it's about your perspective and what it brings to you. I mean, one person that's added tremendous value to my life was Bruce Lee and his teachings of the Tao of Jeet Kune Do and how he, you know, compiled all of these different styles to create his Jeet Kune Do style, you know, and he told people, you know, basically, Hey, don't stick to one style, find what works for you from all the styles. There is a sort of syncretism to what Bruce Lee did. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And the same with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That. That's why they were the best of the best because they were syncretists. They syncreted. Yeah, Led Zeppelin did folk. They did pastoral. They did rock and roll. They did supposedly heavy metal. They did madrigals. They did uh, ancient music, which doesn't have a, a genre at all, at all, at all. They did um, all reggae, even samba. Yeah, everything. They got Robert Johnson from the Mississippi Delta and transformed his music like Travelling Riverside Blues and Custard Pie, and they just transformed. Trample Underfoot came from uh, Terraplane Blues, you know, from straight out of Mississippi Delta. So they, they grabbed that, and then they grabbed this Celtic uh, runic uh, Nordic, uh, image and merged the two together. These two worlds came together and then they also grabbed the world of Tolkien. So Led Zeppelin have about nine Tolkien-esque songs, which I've never heard any band do Tolkien. I've never, ever, ever, ever heard them do, do Tolkien and do it properly. So you've got guys that have merged Lord of the Rings with Mississippi Delta Blues, better than anyone can ever do, mixed with progressive rock and, you know, and then all the other influences. So how they did that with Shakespearean lyrics and just such beautiful alchemy, I've done their astrology and uh, their astrology is just uh, perfect. It's a Horace and Chet uh, set show. Robert Plant is Leo, ruled by the sun, Horus, and Jimmy is black and black-haired, and he is Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, which is black. So it's can't, the two front men of Led Zeppelin's, it's Horus and Set. The lion, Leo, the sun, golden, maned, and then you've got the black and the dark, Saturn. So it's just incredible how how they did that, how anyone could make alchemy with, with such different, different areas of music, bring this Celtic 
Tolkien-esque Mississippi Delta alchemy together and make, you know, just transform it into something else. So this is what uh, real music used to be like. Those guys, they had full artistic freedom. They did not let the prostitute corporate uh, record deals manipulate them. And that's what happened with the Beatles. That's why the Beatles broke up. They just, and Prince and, and Michael Jackson went sour on Sony um, because they were not able to express themselves as they wished. And whereas the opposite was the case with guys like Led Zeppelin, they had full artistic freedom. And that's why their music was not, was not controllable. I think their music was pure it's because it's not contrived. All this other music is contrived. It's all done in such a way mechanically so as to be robotic so that humans can start to fall into a trance, you know, like a, a collective trance rather than just individual. And, and you can see this collective trance, you know, people are in that and they walk, when you see them walking down the street and they tell you, where's your mask, you know, what? And they think that they're, it's all sort of virtue signaling and that this, this is a trance. This is the collective herd mind. And that's what the music of today does. That's why people have got their music in their ears. They're walking down the street. They've just got to have that doom, 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 that monotonous, boring, disgusting, insipid music, which is, to me is so demonic and patently, you know, weaponized. Yeah. I mean, wow, Santos, thank you for that gem on Led Zeppelin. I love Led Zeppelin. And honestly, like I did not expect to get into that. And I'll tell you what, when I first started this podcast, I, I set out, I said, you know, I got to do a show on Led Zeppelin eventually, because there are so many, you know, theories and people tend to, you know, talk ill of those who do become vessel for spirit because the empire is trying to rewrite history. So of course this information comes out, oh, they're hacks. You know, I never listened to people that said that I've always stood by Led Zeppelin people, you know, give me a hard time about liking Led Zeppelin. It's one of my favorite bands. So I love that we got into that. I'm curious though, you know, one thing that I also liked about Led Zeppelin is the fact that you can still get some of their music with 432 Hertz. Does this play into, I know around World War II, they changed the, you know, music standard to 440 Hertz. I mean, how does the whole vibration of music play into the, the weaponization of music? So is that, did they record it in 432? That's, that's what I've read. Yeah. That's what I've read. And Bob Marley was another uh, artist who allegedly used 432 Hertz. John Lennon spoke about using 432 to. 432 hertz and and said it was uh you know the best way to you know put music on record was under 432 hertz but yeah there was a a standard shift you know the international music standard whoever they are some you know wing of the empire changed the standard to 440 hertz right right exactly because they knew that that frequency emitted many of the most important harmonics right so it's like eating say a pizza without tomato sauce right that's the meaty ingredients you could say so 
but when, when your instrument's tuned at 432, what happens is that the, 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 the bass sound then creates a harmony, a third, a fifth, a seventh, and then all these harmonies reach out and harmonize with other harmonics and they complete the whole set. You know, you get more harmonics, more depth. I've always, uh, I've always asked myself that question whether they did. I've never tested it, but I'm glad to know now that that is so, that they recorded in 432 because there's definitely something very, very magical and appealing and attractive about their music. It just, every bar of their music just has some kind of a, a, an allurement to it. It just pulls you in. It's so powerful. And yeah, I would say that that would be because of the frequencies for sure, 432. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And I love that I was able to share that with you because, you know, I didn't research that myself. I found that somewhere, you know, and, and I, it stuck with me because I'm like, wow, yeah, there is something different about this music and, and Bob Marley as well, you know, that's another favorite of mine. But, you know, either way, I think... <laughs> They're pushing us into this technocratic paradigm, you know, and, and things like the rhythm that you're describing, I think is, is really, yeah, part and parcel to this whole plan. Another thing that really scares me is the whole virtual reality. I mean, the whole idea of our solar system is a form of virtual reality, the way they tell us, you know, so if we can get into maybe your worldview and how you see the world, because they're. They're really trying to create this virtual reality. And I hear people more and more calling our reality a simulation, you know, but I feel like it's, you know, you can call it a simulation, but it's really more like a holographic universe. You know, it's, it's organic first before it's a simulation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it is organic, but it's a simulation in that it is mathematical and mental, it's a mental projection. And so the code is all mathematical. The universe is made of numbers and the simulation is that it's temporal, it's fleeting, uh, it's not, it's transient, it's, it's not stable. Anything that is stable is considered to be real. So something that is unstable, changing, all the elements of the earth are changing. They're all unstable. Gold is pretty stable, but you know, stuff like radon and uh, beryllium, plutonium, uranium, they're all very, very unstable. So that's what makes them so toxic. It's all electromagnetic. So thought waves are the waves that generate everything material and physical that you see. It's a, it's a projection of God's mind. And it's very incredible because we're all participating in it, thinking that we're individual. Well, we are individuals, but thinking that we are separate. The body may be separate, but not the, the soul. At a high level, level, all of our souls are connected and are of the one. But a jiva atma, which comes from a paramatma, is an individual soul, which comes from the oversoul, the paramatma. And so we are jivas, little, little jivas, jiva atmas. And atma is an, an anagram for atum and all is atum. So, and atum is another way of saying Adam as well. So we're all Adamites. We're all 
atom eyes. We all have anatomies. And so if you understand that the universe is just an electromagnetic phenomena produced by waves, two kinds of waves, standing radiation waves and transverse vibration waves. One is magnetic magnetism, one is electricity. And they are two different things. They are two different things. Electricity cannot exist without magnetism. Magnetism always exists. Electricity is a hybrid. It's a vibration, radiation. That magnetism is a radiation. Magnetism is a pulse. Electricity is a wave. It's a pulse wave universe. It's not a particle wave universe. There are no particles. So once you understand that and how all of that extrapolates into theology, philosophy, cosmologies, mythologies, and all of our sciences, including alchemy and astrology, then you will understand the true nature of the universe. It's an astrological or slash electromagnetic universe. Wow. Bravo, Santos. Let people know where they can follow up with the academy so they can learn more directly from you. Exactly. So before I go, I just want to promote the virtual academy. We have made this, we have made history four days ago, opening the first geocentric stationary earth neoplatonic syncretic virtual academy. And soon we'll have a brick and mortar academy that's coming. We have around around about to 20 instructors at the moment who are sharing in the teaching that there's yoga, there's how to cook vegan meals and nutritional meals there. You can learn as alchemy, learn anything you want about astrology, about the sand best method, which is the teaching that I had and have been using for many years. Anything we're going to have the best uh, flat earthers like David Weiss and Daniel Falkenbach. They're going to be the two instructors for flat earth. I'll be doing everything as well. I'm going to be releasing 22 brand new PowerPoint presentations. So what people are going to be getting is information that is exclusive in this academy. So that's syncretismsociety.com. Please folks, join me the academy and help us further expansion of secretism also it will be pay some of these remote healers and teachers that we have that are trying to get out of the system and what a way to start a model to be able to have the best school in the world and you're actually supporting those teachers by funding them it's way, way less than if you went to the year at Harvard or Yale. <laughs> yeah, right on. And support these good people. You get some karmic benefit in return. This is the type of model we're moving into a value for value. But Santos, this has been so much fun. I got to ask you one more question. This is the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Does your family think you're crazy after having this awakening and taking no. this journey? Not right there with you. I made sure that my mother became a vegetarian. I couldn't get my father to before he died. Made sure that my father understood syncretism. I made sure all my brothers and sisters understood it and 
got them all out of the Jehovah's Witness organization and got them woke. They are all awake. They're all in Australia, in Melbourne, under these severe lockdowns. My son, never been vaccinated since he was born 28 years ago. Very happy, very healthy. And they are all on board with me in syncretism. And everything I say, they know is the truth because they know I've always spoken the truth. And they do not think I'm crazy. Sometimes at the beginning they did. But then they realized that I was reasonable and I had all the answers. I had all the references. I have all, had all the proof. See, when you, when you do become a truther, you need to have the research and you need to be able to quote that on the spot at times to be able to convince some people. You've got to be credible. You've got to be plausible. Yeah. Plausible. Beautiful. So, yeah. Thank you, Santos. This wisdom is, is rare, impactful, and, and needed in this new age. So again, thank you, my friend. Have a great day. Thank you, brother. Take care.